The GameCube is Cold podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is Cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tiers. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters for the month of December. I Rebel, Dan Wagner, Jed Winters, Christopher Valenz, Joey Sirico, Resident Evil Collector, Tristan Pantorato, and Wilshire. The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Mike, uh, it's, uh, we're finally into December now. It's uh, Christmas time, which means that we can start listening to music. We can start watching those Christmas movies. And we can uh, go out and grab our Christmas trees. Do you think, are you going to get a real tree this year? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I usually get a tree, uh, a real one. I'm a, I'm a big mm-hmm. big supporter of real trees. Uh, okay. I do like to always uh, say the, the stat that buying a fake tree is actually way worse for the environment than buying a real tree, which uh, a lot of people, I guess, don't realize. Yeah, because of all the plastic and stuff that's in them, I suppose. Yeah, and well, they're 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 going to be here much longer than we are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they yeah. are never going away. <laughs> no, I love the idea of real trees because like you buy this tree for like fifty bucks, and then eventually they take it away from you. They chop it up into mulch, and then they sell it back to you, so you can put it into your garden. So you end up buying your Christmas tree twice if you have a garden to plant it in. <laughs> it's true, and and the fact too, like, is that people grow. Like, like just areas of Christmas trees, basically, just for that reason, like just to be Christmas trees. And actually, like Christmas trees, by the time you get them, they're like 10 years old, which my family always had fun. Like whenever we got our tree, the guy would tell us what year it was planted because we bought ours from like the actual farmer. And uh, so we would have a lot of fun being like, oh, when this tree was planted, we were like six years old or we were in starting high school or whatever. It was kind of fun. And um I was just uh, – I wanted to bring it up because this year I've heard mm-hmm. a lot on the news that there's going to be massive tree shortages for uh, whatever reason. I guess 10 or 11 years ago, there was a, some sort of a drought or something. So there's going to be less trees this holiday oh. season and even artificial trees. There's going to be less just because supply chain issues with COVID and everything else going on. They keep talking about how like Ikea is not going to be carrying trees this year, which apparently is a pretty big deal. And grocery I, stores. I didn't know people bought uh, trees at Ikea. Me I neither. Like, do. do you build them? Like, uh, do you have to <laughs> yeah. assemble them? <laughs> you need a friend. <laughs> it's got like the, the, the instruction book. It's like, please grab someone else. Yeah. Please get your tools ready. Make sure you count all your pieces. But it got me thinking, Mike, we live in, we live in Toronto and Toronto has done a bang up job of cutting down lots of trees. There's uh there are way less trees here than there used to be. But I was thinking like, if you were really strapped for finding a Christmas tree, it's not that hard to go out and like just cut one down, you know, like just go out into a park playground or something. No one's going to miss a shrub, you know, <laughs> if you're if you're going for a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Exactly. Like if you just want to go into a park, find an emaciated tree, it's better than nothing, of course. And it got me thinking, like, what is the fine if you steal a tree from a public park? And uh, I have the answer right here. According to the City of Toronto, a person convicted of an offense under City of Toronto Municipal Code, Chapter 813, Article 3, is subject to a minimum fine of $500 and a maximum fine of $100,000 per tree involved in the offense. I was going to say $500. I take that. That's worth it. Trees are expensive. Trees are extremely expensive. I learned that it takes, you know, $30,000, $40,000 to get a full-grown tree to put somewhere. Wow. That's that's Uh, wild. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So trees are extremely expensive. I'm just going to grow tomato plants in my future home. That's all <laughs> that there's going to be. I'm not going to have any trees. 
so I'm liking this. I'm liking just stealing trees now because if I minimum of 500, uh, it could go up to 100,000. But you know that's probably for some crazy weird tree yeah. or something. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get an endangered tree. I'll just get like a, a standard one. Yeah, just like a standard tree. Just cut it down from a park. You know, kids aren't gonna <laughs> notice it. And actually, like you could probably get away with taking because me and my girlfriend, we actually got our tree today because she was freaking out about not being able to get one. Uh, <laughs> so we have ours. It's on our balcony, ready to go. Um, but I was just thinking, like, as we were walking around the parking lot, like, you could just walk away with this tree. No one's going to know. No. Because, like, I had to walk into the store to be like, hi, I want a six-foot tree. And they're like, just one? And I'm like, yeah. And then they just charged me. I could have walked away with three of them. And... <laughs> no, I was thinking of getting three this year. Just, you know, spruce up the home. Some people do get, like, two or three trees, which is just excessive. But anyway. Cr- yeah, if you're living, I guess, in, like, a massive mansion or something. But we don't know people like that. No, no. We're, we're just going to stick with our one-bedroom condos for the next little bit. We're going to stick with our $10 million Bowser Oil studio. Exactly. With our $100,000 tree that we stole from a park uh, for no reason <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, Mike, a topic that you wanted to cover last week that we're now carrying on over to this week is things that we like unironically. And uh, I was trying to come up with, like, the list of things that I like un- unironically, and I was trying to decide the difference between – what is the difference between liking something unironically and just a guilty pleasure? So, okay. So that's a, that's actually a great question, Neil. So okay. I would say that unironically, like, like in, in the sense of we're talking about liking something unironically, is when that thing is almost always liked ironically in pop culture okay. or in like, the, in, like, the world. So oh. – um, uh, MXPX is actually a pretty good example of that because okay. MXPX is like a fun band that like it, people in that world know, but they often ironically end up, you know, liking okay. it because it's like, well, you know, it's, it's, they're not like, um, uh, it's almost like, it's like li- liking Smash Mouth is the same way, right? <laughs> it's like people okay. like Smash Mouth because the irony of it having, of them having the one song, you know, okay. from, so, uh, from Shrek. So, okay. I got you almost. So like another band example would be like Alien Ant Farm with like Smooth Criminal, but you actually end up really liking like that song movies by Alien Ant Farm is actually really good. See, um, there we go. That's a good example because okay. like, now you unironically like them. Okay, okay. I can get down with this. I think most of my answers are going to be music related, but um, I'll let you go first. I know that you have a couple list of things. So what are some of the things that you like unironically? I would say one. the first thing that came to mind is a day to remember. Uh, I liked them Ooh. when I was in, I don't know, middle school, like uh, in 2008, that yeah, era. Yeah, I think that's when they came out around 2008. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a new album out that, that's really bad. Okay, <laughs> but I unironically like it. Oh my god! Because <laughs> it's like uh, I only like it because um, our friends, friends of the show, Victor and Marty, mm-hmm. uh, they also like we're playing it, being like, "Ah, this this thing sucks," and then we just keep playing it. <laughs> and now it's just like stuck in our heads. I love so that. So it's like I guess we like this now. <laughs> I can't stay. I actually really like a day to remember, like up until their new album, which is really funny. Oh, it's horrible! It's a it, terrible album. Oh god! It's more like a, it's like a Fall Out Boy album. Not that I actually really like Fall Out Boy. But um, it just it doesn't. It's not a day to remember. Like a day to remember is like that heavy pop punk and everything. Like they're very yeah. They're very cookie cutter pop punk and like heavy breakdowns or whatever screamo music. I don't know what you'd call them, but uh, yeah. that's funny. I had no idea that you liked their new album. I, I love that. See, that, that's another another part of the unironically liking okay. is that you will not go to bat for it at all. Mm. Like there's there's, okay. there's there's you will not defend it. You know, if okay. someone is like like trashes it, you're like, yep. <laughs> you are completely right. I should not like this at all. Okay. I, yeah. I I am glad to know that I know that about you now. So are there any other uh, bands or games that you find like unironically? 
Yeah, um, I mean, uh, I was thinking of a couple things. Uh, some of Avril Lavigne's stuff, which is also bad, I like, mm. but just because I like Avril a lot. Uh, sure. And I grew up with her. Uh, I like um, uh, our friend of the show, Harrison, and I will watch 90 Day Fiance, which is a really <laughs> trash TV, which we also started liking ironic because we're like, oh, look at these people. Like, they're terrible. Like, okay. their lives suck. And then we, but now we watch it all the time because we're too invested. So I guess we unironically like this now. It's kind of like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Like, the show is trash, really, but like, it. Whoever makes that show, the producers of that show are absolute geniuses. Like, the show is oh, very, yeah, they are. very well crafted. Like, my girlfriend watches it now that I live with her. Like, I'm, like, usually editing this podcast, actually, while she has The Bachelorette on, on, what is it, Monday nights, I think? And, uh, like, I always have one headphone out and, like, one headphone on, so hopefully the podcast turns out well. But I'm always, like, trying to focus on, like, some stupid thing that, that they're saying on the show. So that, that would be, I guess, my, <laughs> my 90-day fiancé is The Bachelorette. And see, your girlfriend probably doesn't go to bat for The Bachelorette. Someone would probably be like, that's trash. She's like, yes, well, I agree. Yeah, she usually does admit that it's her trash reality show that she likes. So, yeah, I guess yeah. That, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, we need go. to go back to Avril Lavigne. What, 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 which Avril Lavigne album or songs do you like? Oh, it's like, uh, I don't mind some of the, like, what's the, the, what's the that best album? damn thing era. Yeah, that era. You know, okay. it's, but again, I don't. I don't like that I like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's when, just... that, that's when Avril Lavigne died. Everybody knows, of course, that Avril Lavigne had two albums. She passed away, and they replaced her with a robot. That's true. Yes, we all know that. That's mm-hmm. just factual. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, we'll, 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 we'll dive more into that in later episodes because I'm sure, sure. that'll come up again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, Neil, do you have any other uh, last ones before we move on to a Patreon topic that we actually oh, have? Oh, yeah, I do. My unironic uh, hobbies or, I guess, interests is pretty much everything music. Like, I like so many things things uh unironically like high school musical for me like at first was like oh yeah haha this this is bad you know it's a it's a disney movie with zach efron but as the years went by like sometimes i'll just like find myself humming one of the songs and now like if somebody puts on a high school musical the first two movies i've never seen the third one but like if anybody puts on like breaking free from high school musical one i'm singing along <laughs> to that song that's a great one there we go that's a perfect example of a good unironic uh liking thing i guess yeah exactly and a, a more recent one, actually, which I find hilarious, is you and I always make fun of smooth jazz, especially radio stations. Yeah. Um, but I now find myself at work, like, if I need something on in the background, I put on smooth jazz. That's great. <laughs> I love it, dude. It's so nice. It reminds me of the Peanuts music. Like, and it's actually really good. So I guess see, that that's but not... See, that's not an unironic thing, because you would go to bat for it, as I would, too. I think I would, yeah. But I never yeah. really liked it until now. Like, I feel like I'm getting older, like... It like literally getting older now, but also like I'm starting to find things that I like doing that I never would have done before, like reading before bed or listening to smooth jazz while I sip tea at work. Yeah, see, um, I feel like I feel like smooth jazz is out. I I I can't accept that as an answer. Okay, because okay. you never would have ironically liked smooth jazz, you know? No. Okay, I guess that's a bad example then. So my last example then will be Kenny Loggins. We'll go with okay, that. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> Kenny, Log- <laughs> Kenny Loggins is my last example. I used to love like Danger Zone and Footloose, and I used to sing it to bug people at work to the point where I bought a Kenny Loggins Essentials CD back when they <laughs> made those. And I was like, I listened to that album, which is two discs, for like a year, just finding songs, like singing along to new songs, finding new songs, and just now I love... I've seen Kenny Loggins live, and it started off as a joke. <laughs> yeah, see, that's... <laughs> Perfect example. I'm the same one with Jimmy Buffett. 
I feel the same mm. way about his stuff too. Just like like okay. Margaritaville, obviously, like oh, ironically, God, yeah. and and then you like dive into his stuff. You're like, oh wow, there's more here. <laughs> and uh, exactly. I have not seen Jimmy Buffett live though, but uh, mm. one day, one day, Neil, we'll 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 see Loggins, Messina, and Buffett. <laughs> get it all done in one night that'll be awesome <laughs> that's a good topic mike but we have another opening topic here jed from patreon writes in and jed says mike and neil for my topic this month i'm going to put you into a scenario i am sure has crossed your minds before oh boy Ooh. you wake up tomorrow morning and you're the two newest characters added to smash bros ultimate oh no what are your powers and special moves what existing characters do you think you could beat up and what ones are you trying to steer clear from I'm excited for this one I'm really I'm I'm really sorry for Sakurai because he has to make two more characters and that's <laughs> that's I think the the hardest part about this is that this game has to continue having DLC yes but he has to make you, which you're basically Lucas, you look a lot like Lucas, just with glasses, and then he has to make me, who I'm basically the default me character, so <laughs> yeah. it's not hard to make you and I in Smash Bros. So uh, so I, I I love this uh, this question, thank you very much, Jed, for bringing this up, uh, and mm-hmm. for me, I would stay clear um, of, of DDD, Shulk, Bayonetta, and Steve from Minecraft, because they could definitely kill me mm. almost instantly. Sure. Uh, don't love that. Uh, I would. I could definitely beat up Lucas because that's me. Uh, I sure. can beat myself up, uh, and I can beat up Villager. What's that? That's oh, an yeah. easy, easy tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the powers for me, I think, would be similar to Lucas. I already, I wrote that down because uh, okay. yeah, as a blonde twelve-year-old, I identify with him. <laughs> um, uh, Mr. Saturn, also my boy. Love, love nice. Mr. Saturn. Um, so you're taking I, like Lucas's move set exactly? No, I would take some up? of his move sets. So okay. like, I would have like the the baseball bat or the stick. I guess he has. Um, I would, uh, I would have a couple of PK fires and like you know long range attacks. Okay. Uh, but I would also have a lot of dodge and counter attacks. I nice. feel uh, you're very you know, you're very nimble. I'll give I'm you very that. nimble. Yeah, I got I got my <laughs> defense up. I'm a good defenseman. Uh, okay. So and yeah, so then th- I would have that. Yeah, and maybe a range at- another range attack akin to like a duck hunt where I laugh okay. at the end. Do a little. <laughs> <laughs> you got that little snicker. I like yeah. that. I think that yeah. you should have a keyboard like a piano as a weapon. Oh yeah, I, I like that. Like the, the 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 keyboard could be you know my my taunt. I can do a little mm-hmm. like playing on it, uh, and then I can hit people. With the keyboard, and therefore then I can... making you and you're another swordsman now. I, I'm another swordsman, and my final <laughs> smash would be the guitar would come Ooh, out. That's a great instrument. Not enough people know how to play that anymore. <laughs> I don't know how to play a guitar. No, who does? <laughs> who does? <laughs> no one's known how to play a guitar since 1989. That's that's my that's my world. I guess my Smash world. That's uh, that's love that. Probably what I would say. What about you, Neil? Okay, so if I woke up, Sakurai put me in Smash, and I have to assume that I'm now living and breathing in this world, which is terrifying, <laughs> I would lit- I would definitely have to avoid villagers, both villagers, and all of the anime characters, like Fire Emblem, Xenoblade, because of all of the crap that I have talked about them over the years, they, I have heard. to assume... Oh, they've heard it. I have to assume that they want me dead. <laughs> so... They're going to have my name, like, ready to go. They're going to want to go after me right away. I'm going to be killed by them. So I have to avoid all the anime characters, hands down. Got to ally immediately with Yoshi and Banjo. Sure. Oh, yeah. Banjo and Yoshi are going to be my boys. I'm going to hang out with them. Uh, and then the three of us could easily destroy Lucas and Ness because, like you said, they're just 12-year-old boys. Like, I could yeah. definitely mess up any any child. Uh, keep me away from schoolyards, you know? Uh, and also Wii Fit because uh, I'm definitely more fit than the Wii Fit trainers. I, I'll give them that. Like, Okay, I, fair enough. I can run, I can lift, I'm somewhat flexible, I suppose. 
Yeah, I think you could take them. Yeah, I, I have a chance against Wii Fit and definitely any of the children of uh, of Smash Bros. <laughs> that they got to look out for me. Okay. Uh, my, so my special moves, I came up with my own set of uh, moves since I can't fight. I've never been in a fight, so all of my moves would have to be projectiles and weapons. Uh, so my special move would be I would fire min- I would fire GameCube discs out of like a little gun, almost like those little disc shooters that you used to get as kids that would fire those little foam discs, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, I'd be like firing these discs at people that would do a, a lot of damage, and they would stay in you once you get hit with them, so you get like little damage taken away, kind of like Olimar with his Pikmin. I okay, like that. Okay. And uh, my sword would just be a giant wooden spoon because I love baking. So I would also be a swordsman like yourself. Uh, but my my weapon would be a wooden spoon because I love to bake. Um, <laughs> and that would be uh, that would be my final smash. Would be I would just I would take you. I'd like ram you into a bowl, into an oven, and bake you into a muffin. And then you would oh, just smash off screen. Wow, oh, yeah. that would I like that a lot. I could mm-hmm. see like the oven from Overcooked, maybe. Yes, or Cooking Mama. I think oh, is or, where I was going. There you go, Cooking Mama as well. That would be great. Mm-hmm. That, damn, there we that's go. uh. Well, now what we have to do is we have to get someone to make those characters, and we'll we'll play Smash. We'll play a modded version of Smash with them, and we'll see who wins. We'll do that the next time that we're playing on Twitch together. That would be a, <laughs> a really fun thing to do. And also, yeah. I have to point out, my recovery would be miserable. Like, as soon as you knock me off stage, I just sink. I don't have a chance. Because <laughs> we're human. We only have single jumps. <laughs> we just have the one tiny recovery jump. So just, we're, oh, we're Little Mac, I guess. So our recovery yeah. is Little Mac. Exactly, exactly. Little Max Recovery. <laughs> no, no, we only have our, our guitar and our wooden spoons and our GameCube disc shooters. Amazing. Jed, thank you so much for writing in on Patreon. Listeners, remember, if you wanted to support our show, you can do so on Patreon. Uh, we are The GameCube Was Cool. You can support us at the $1 or the $5 a month level. And uh, one of the perks at the $5 level is you get to submit a topic just like that. Mm-hmm. Mike, we have one more thing to talk about before we start the show. You have been playing Knights of the Old Republic uh, recently. You picked it up on Switch, which is really cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you wanted to talk about it on the show and kind of convince me to pick this game up because I have not played this game before. I've been on the fence about it for years. Uh, So talk to me about it. What has your experience been like with Knights of the Old Republic? Well, uh, Knights of the Old Republic is a great game. I played it way back in... I guess 2002, 2003, whenever it first came out, because my older cousin had it. And we're going to talk about this story when we do this Star Wars episode uh, next year. But um, it's a fantastic game. I hadn't played it since then. I picked it up again on Switch this week because a friend of mine is also playing it. Mm -hmm. It's on Switch now. So I'm like, well, I might as well. And yeah, Neil, it holds up so well. Uh, they they fixed the textures and everything and made things look nicer. It's just like a small remaster, just like the pod racing uh, game. The, the, they did the exact same thing to it. They kept everything the same. It is a little strange to get used to for me because I was used to playing this on PC where you're okay. like the cursor is a big part of this game. And so they've done some things to make it so you don't have to use the cursor, which is a little strange, but they made it work. How's the combat in, in Knights of the Old Republic, though? Because every time I see that part of the game, it always looks just janky and frankly boring. Uh, does it, is it fun to play? Like, I know that the story of Knights of the Old Republic is what really is capturing to a lot of people. Like you can pick your own path. You can go the light route or the dark route. Um, so what's the combat like? Is it fun? It's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's like Lord of the Rings third age style almost. Um, where you, cause you have a party. Uh, at all mm-hmm. times and then you're constantly switching between people and everyone has their different moves and different skill sets and then you use them in different ways to overcome the enemies but it's all real-time combat 
Okay. Although it's kind of just like you're clicking like what to do. It's like, okay, shoot here, like um, use your lightsaber here. You can pause to change weapons. So the combat is, is uh, I guess, a little janky in that sense. Uh, and it's a little weird to go back to, I guess, after playing like full real-time combat games like yeah. Jedi Fallen Order. But personally, I found it fine after like a couple minutes. I was like, okay, we're in this now. This is what this game is. So okay, so you think that it's good to play on Switch? Like it's it's been converted pretty well from PC and Xbox. Originally, this game was on yes. Xbox. It, it's it's faithful to the old game on uh, on Switch. Yeah, very faithful. Uh, I think they've done a great job. It's like twenty dollars, so you really mm-hmm. can't go wrong. Uh, and it's a long game. Like it takes you a while. I'm about twenty <laughs> hours in, and I'm uh, maybe halfway through. I guess. Okay. So, uh and there's just so many side quests too and like yeah the story is great the the voice acting the like the tracks the the music everything sounds really really good they remastered all that so that's fantastic but yeah uh highly recommend knights of the old republic clearly this is a knights of the old republic episode uh (laughs) and uh now we'll talk about where we think knights of the old republic will go in the future neil (laughs) okay that sounds good let's talk about that well literally though they are remaking that game for ps5 aren't they yeah yeah and that was that was one of the other reasons why i wanted to play it because i remembered how much i love that game and i still do now and i'm really happy i i'm playing it again and i'm a little scared of how what they're going to do to it you know when they when they do remake it so uh, i think it's i think if you do want to play it now is the time uh if you haven't played it before pick it up try it out uh and if you enjoy it then that's great <laughs> okay well i truth be told i have a couple bucks on my nintendo eShop right now on switch uh so i've had like i've had it on my watch list since it since it was a uh, released on switch and i've just been like ah. Eh. Every time I see reviews, I'm like, maybe, maybe not. But now that I've talked to you about it, I think I will pick it up after this, uh, even though I'm playing a bunch of games right now to prepare for our December episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I will chip away at that. Probably won't get to 20 hours quite as fast as you did, but uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. And maybe we'll do a whole episode about it someday. Who knows? That would be great. But ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to talk about KOTOR today. We are talking about Bionicle and Lego on episode 75 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episodes every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. So far, we have covered 337 games. You can visit thegamecubeiscool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. That's me. That's him. Last week, we covered Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. It was a ton of fun. We had a bunch of guests on. If you happen to miss it, go back and check it out. This week, we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the year LEGO was saved by going a little more mature by releasing Bionicle, an IP that was released uh, in North America back in the summer of 2001. And uh, we're going to go back and uh, talk about our memories of Bionicle. And this was an era for LEGO when they were actually in deep financial trouble. Uh, We're also going to be covering LEGO Jerome Racers because we don't know where else that fits. Uh, It's hard to believe, Mike, we're 75 episodes into our podcast here and we've never had a Lego themed episode, which is crazy to think about. It is crazy. And the fact that there are so many Lego games out there and some Mm -hmm. of the best Lego games of all time were released actually even before this Lego Racers. Everyone thinks about for the N64 is is a huge nostalgia trip for sure. Lego Mm -hmm. Racers 2, for me personally, I played that game so much. I had that on PC. Uh, I loved every minute of it. I love the fact that I could race around, but also um, also explore the terrain. Uh, I remember like exploring yeah. on Mars and stuff like that. So uh, it's a Lego's made some great games, but you're right, Neil. Uh, Lego was in financial trouble 
in the mm-hmm. late 90s. We're not going to go too in-depth into the history of LEGO. Uh, we're going to just keep it around the 90s and 2000s for time's sake, but mm-hmm. maybe after this podcast is done, we'll do a full LEGO episode. Who knows? But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 1999, uh, LEGO reports their first year of loss ever as a company, and they decide to partner with uh, Lucasfilm, who made the Star Wars um, movies, obviously, and they uh, Lego was to make the Star Wars toys, and that was their first licensed product, was those amazing Star Wars toys that you and I oh, still yeah. have quite a few of, Neil. Yep. And another thing that I found interesting was that they also consolidated their Lego bricks, uh, going from 12,000 unique bricks to 6,000, uh, oh. just to save money, really. Uh, which I think they might have been, they, they've gone back up to that, like in way more now, but yeah. a bit of an interesting move at the time. And also they consolidated their uh, their interactive, I guess, divisions, and they weren't going to develop video games anymore. They were only going to publish them. And uh, one of the biggest things that made LEGO lose money, actually, there's a little quiz here, Neil. What do you think was the trigger really for LEGO losing money? What other franchise in the world kind of took a big bite out of lego's uh market share uh well i remember back in the 90s we had connects would that have been it or no no this this was this was like it wasn't necessarily toys Hmm. but it was something that was prevalent in every kid's home basically video games pokemon Oh, Pokemon. Okay, Pokemon completely changed how Lego mm. thought of itself because this thing comes out and is just a complete phenomenon starting in 96, 97. Mm-hmm. And Lego quickly realizes that it's not going away. Uh, no. And yeah. they that's why they went to Star Wars. They tried to get some licensing. But that Star Wars license actually lost the money, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to explain but business uh, so <laughs> but they realized basically that the license was too expensive they needed to make their own franchises they needed to make their mm-hmm. own toys and that's where bionicle comes in yeah exactly and from 1999 like like you said mike up until like 2004 2005 lego was in a lot of financial distress even after bionicle came out and Lego is an interesting company because it feels like every time you think that they're doing well, they they come out with their reports and they're actually not doing super well. Uh, like 2017, they came back out again to say that they were they were laying off people, they were closing stores, they they were you know on the down and out basically again. And then 2020 pandemic hit, everyone's at home. Lego sales sort skyrocketed again, and we're in 2021 now, and they're still one of the most profitable toy companies in the world. So it feels they like are they the go most in. profitable toy company in the world the most profitable toy companies so there you go like they have such up and downs almost like almost like nintendo really like we're yep. we're covering the gamecube generation of nintendo which is arguably their lowest point other than the wii u i suppose um at a time right now when the switch is out and it's dominating like the switch game sales are top 10 every month it seems like on uh, npd so yeah the, the two companies are very similar and uh the gamecube did not have a ton of lego games which is why we I've taken 75 episodes to cover them, Uh, but there were two Bionicle games, and let's just shift over a little bit now to Bionicle. Like you said, Mike, Lego had to make their own IP, and uh, one of those first ideas was the concept of Bionicle, which which was created by Christian Faber. The original name of the uh, the line was going to be called Cybots, which was a line of humanoid action figures with attachable limbs and ball and socket joints, which is how we know Bionicle. 
Mm-hmm. And Christian recalled that he was sitting with Lego Technic and thought uh, he would love to build a character instead of a car uh, because Lego did make a lot of like interesting car models as well back in the day, like these little robotic things. And that's kind of where they which were is, going, which is where Drone Racers comes in. Exactly, which is how we tie this episode in with drone racers. Uh, but uh, no, he wanted to make kind of like these Terminator-like characters, I suppose, yeah. and uh, and tie it into a story with so much lore and backstory. So and much lore. Even religion to a certain point. Like, yeah. th- this, this IP did not have to be as deep as it was, but... My God, like they had this original, you know, ball of Play-Doh and they just stretched it in so many different places and there's movies, there's comic books, there's video games, obviously, and uh, there's video games even coming out to this day, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But uh, yeah, Bionicle was a really big deal back in 2001, up until probably 2003, 2004. It was around for a little while, longer than I thought, 2009. actually. 2009. Yeah. 2009, and it even had a little bit of a resurgence back in 2015. There was mm-hmm. a reboot, but that ended in 2016, so it was very short-lived. So let's just jump back to 2001. Do you remember when Bionicle first came out? And if you do, what were your memories of, of these little toys? Yeah, I do remember when it first came out. This was huge. We had uh, the Lego magazine in our house, which I think you would, you got free. I'm pretty sure it was free. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure if you had it as well, Neil, the, the Lego magazine. that I, th- you, you, I think you bought, if you bought certain sets, you would get it. Mm-hmm. Um, My parents probably shredded it as soon as it came into the house because they didn't want me asking for Lego sets every two minutes. Well, it was, and it was funny because, yeah, it was basically like a, a catalog of Lego things. But then they also had a lot of stories and articles. And then you could write in and try and get yourself featured in the Lego magazine uh, and they would give you contests basically to do. And I actually was in one of the Lego magazines. I was like the third place person. So I uh, just like uh, the, the first place person gets like a whole write up and then the other two and three, I think get like just their pictures of their, their stuff in it. And I had my city uh, that I made of some like Lego cities thing that you're supposed to make everything uh, just on your own with their blocks and I made some city took a picture of it and I was the third place and that was like the highlight of my life as a <laughs> as a 10 year old but um that's a huge accomplishment back then yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's not it's on my resume <laughs> so, uh I do remember when Bionicle came out very vividly uh I because mm-hmm. I remember thinking what is this I got it for Christmas of 01 and I because it was a it was an easy thing to to ask for uh, you see it on YTV, you see it on, on any kids' cartoons uh, shows for the the ads that they would have. And you're like, wow, this looks interesting. It looks cool. It looks edgy. And I think that yeah. was a big thing was this wasn't like just like some fun 60s kid Lego thing, which they really hadn't changed our marketing or brand since the 60s. Uh, all of a sudden now we have this like completely weird, strange, uh, very like Polynesian vibes was like, that's kind of where that, that mm-hmm. culture and like the names came from. Uh, and this, yeah, Terminator style, like super edgy. I'm starting to get into some, watching some of those movies and I, I was like, wow, this looks cool, but weird. And I want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was such a weird, it was such a weird concept to pitch to, to children because like even to adults, because this was the first time, yeah. like you said, Lego Lego sets were all basically like, here are the blocks, build like what you did, build a city, build a, yeah. a, a ship, a rocket ship or whatever. This was kind of the first time where they released their own sets in these little canisters and was like, here are the instructions to build the robot. There's not really much customization unless you have dozens of these things. You're just going to build this one guy. And even in the commercials, they had 
they had kind of backstory for the characters as yes. well. Like they were they were showing off their names, how these characters uh, interact with the environment that they're in. They're kind of on this Earth like planet. Uh, they, you know, there's a fire guy, a, you know, leaf, uh, forest guy. I never actually learned the names of the characters when I was a kid. I knew them no. in the instruction manuals, but I always just called them the red guy, the blue guy, the white of course. guy. Yeah. yeah. Like I love Bionicle, but like, I don't know it well enough to know all of the lore and the history behind it. Like the movies were a bit past me. I never saw the movies or anything. Uh, they were in theaters, like straight up Lego movies in theaters, um, before like decades before the Lego movie. Um, yeah. but, uh. Yeah, like I, I told the story last week about my first memory of Lego and it was at uh, a kid's birthday party and um, same guy who I had my first experience with the GameCube with, he he got the GameCube early. He also got Bionicles right away. I guess his birthday was in the summertime because that's when Bionicle came out and I think he got the black one and the brown guy. So the black one has claws and the brown guy has like the rock that he can kick, which was random. Mm-hmm. Um, and I begged my parents for Bionicles basically from that birthday up until my birthday, <laughs> <laughs> October 30th of 2001. I got, I remember specifically, I got the green one. He's got like an ax and I got the white one who was like the coolest one. I think he's yeah. got the sword and shield. Um, but yeah. The and then red after one. That, I remember that. You I have got the red, red one, one and I nice. have the green one because uh, I just, what what I specifically remember about them is not even the Bionicles that much, but the containers that they came in. They were so mm-hmm. unique. Yeah, the canisters. It was like an yeah. egg. Yeah, well, yeah, they're like a canister, almost like a giant pill bottle. And, yeah. Uh, and they were actually tied in with the story, too. Like, these Bionicle creatures or robots basically crash-landed on this planet, and the canisters are their ship, uh, kind of like a Millennium Falcon or something. And, uh, and so you could play with the canister as well, which was really neat. Like it, it kind of encouraged you not to throw out the, the tube that they come in. Otherwise you probably would have. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, they, they were very unique. Uh, I, I agree. And even after you start collecting like a whole bunch of them, they, in the instruction, uh, booklets, I remember they have instructions on how to combine them all, almost like a giant Megazord from Power Rangers. And That's I did right. that too. That was really <laughs> fun. That was awesome. I love that. You had the red one. I'm super jealous. That guy was hard to find. Was he? I didn't know. I I, yeah, I I have no idea where my Bionicles are now. No, me neither. I think that I might have gotten rid of mine back in 2011 when we moved out of my my my, my childhood home. I think that that was they were just in one of those boxes that got yeah. sent to a value village, and I'm super mad about that now. Uh, I would love to have my <laughs> my original set of Bionicles back there. I didn't actually look this up, but I don't think that they're super pricey on eBay. Like I think you can get the originals for maybe thirty to fifty bucks a piece, which is on par with Lego sets these days. Yeah. Um, there are some that are very hard to find. Uh, our friend of the show, John, who's come on a couple of times, he is a big Bionicle fan. And I know that he owns uh, a couple mm-hmm. of the more rare, I guess, uh, Bionicles. He, he would correct us uh, on that one. But uh, I, I always think of him when I think of Bionicles because he has some amazing sets uh, and he has everything yeah. displayed still, which I'm very jealous about. Yeah, he's got every set up until I think 2009 when they stopped making them basically. Yeah. I got a few of the other sets. Like I got the, the the guys that are kind of like head butters. I got a few of those randomly, but I wasn't as into those as the original set. Yeah, uh, the original is the best, at least for for me. But it, it was it was quite a passing phase for us, Neil. Uh, I, and I, yeah. I I I use Bionicle the same way I, I talk about Pokemon Go. You know, okay. Pokemon Go was a huge phenomenon, of course, for for that summer of 2016. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's playing it. Everyone's outside. It's the same with Bionicle. Bionicle like was everywhere for basically mm-hmm. a year, uh, yeah. and after that, it was still quite prevalent. But people didn't talk about it constantly. 
But then mm-hmm. the 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 argument that our friends make who still play Pokemon Go is like, well, there's actually more people who play Pokemon Go than there were in the summer of 2016, uh, mm-hmm. th- th- like now. So I th- I think that's really interesting. That's kind of the same way that Bionicle was too. Bionicle sold extremely well for basically six seven years, mm-hmm. uh, and but you didn't hear about it as much obviously in like 2005 2006 because other things were happening and you know who knows but yeah. the the it, it created a lot of diehard fans like our like our friend john uh mm-hmm. who did want to try and collect them all and did want to get the lore and read the comics because i think people do forget that this was a just a multimedia mammoth of a, of yeah. a franchise it was everywhere mm-hmm. yeah it was it was in every toy store like i don't even think you could buy them at walmart which was interesting you had to go to a, a place near me which is why they were so hard to find you had to go to mastermind toys which is a toy store yep. i think it's kind of like a store that has like kids their toys for like uh science tech and math or whatever and bionicles were sold there for whatever science reason. tech so, math and bionicle and bionicles that's right <laughs> uh, that's exactly it so that's where my mom had to take me to you know go find them or whatever and they usually only had like the blue guy and the, the black guy or whatever and uh, so I never got the red one. Um, but uh, you're still me, you're still like fuming over that. <laughs> you're like, damn it! How does Mike have the red one? I still go to Mastermind on a weekly basis. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that Bionicle is almost like I think Lego had the same issue that they had with Pokemon, where 2001. I think around that time I got into Yu-Gi-Oh. So yeah, like I got into Bionicle real quick, and then like like any child, you know, you move on from phase to phase. And Yu-Gi-Oh was around that time as well. And for two to three years that's pretty much all i did was you know hockey baseball and Yu-Gi-Oh. yep and yep, then and video games with with you right that's kind of all we did we didn't play with legos anymore we played with Yu-Gi-Oh cards and then after that like bionicle did evolve into a, a, a series called hero factory which i know nothing about and uh eventually ninjago which came out around the time i think that we were in high school and yep. that was actually a super successful franchise with video games another multimedia thing like they had movies yes. and toys and i think the eight-year-olds of the 2010s really enjoyed Ninjago, but I know little to nothing about that that series. So it still does live on uh, in a way in Ninjago and Hero Factory and everything else. But uh, and oh, it really it really lives on with with the Lego Movie and Lego having franchises and Lego yeah. just being omnipresent. Like I think that's where it lives on. The fact mm-hmm. that it was able to one bring Nintendo out of financial ruin, but two the fact that it showed. Uh, Lego that hey we can actually we can make a franchise out of nothing and Neil I can't think of anything in the last like 25 years where like something like uh, Bionicle which just came from nothing there's it it was all the ground like all ground up there was no base at all you know Pokemon Mm -hmm. uh, you kind of start with the games and that like that was what first came out and then you had the cards and then it was kind of a slow burn it was a slow build uh, especially yeah. in Japan, like it started in Japan, then they kind of moved it to North America for that base. But with Lego, just mm. kind of here it is. <laughs> this is yeah. or with Bionicle, I should say. Here it is. This is this is the game. This is the comics. This is the lore. This is like everything. Like check yeah. it out, and it yeah. was huge because of that. But and that honestly rarely happens. So yeah, new ideas are very rare, and especially coming as a toy first. I think yes. I think Bionicle was a toy first. Like the the closest thing I can think of is being like a a phenomenon in the last few years is like Paw Patrol, League of Legends, um, like Minecraft to a certain extent. But like Minecraft is probably the best example where that is basically a building block toy, but they just made it in a video game. Unfortunately, first, yeah. so it's technically not a toy. It was it was a creator program basically yeah. for all intents and purposes which then strung out into 
toys and story games and i don't know if there's minecraft movies there might be because but bionicle you know technically it started as a toy but it did start as everything right like the comics came Mm -hmm. out the same time the toy did like it It was was super uh, risky to do something like that like you can understand why you can understand why companies don't want to do it because if it blows up in your face you've lost what it's probably tens if not hundreds of hundreds of of dollars Yeah. yeah to do that so i i totally get it why you'd want to dip your toe into making a tv show first maybe a movie and and then the video games um and yeah like i haven't i can't think of anything that lego has done in the last decade really that's as uh risky as bionicle they they've they're they're mainly staying safe with their theme sets these days which are great i love going to the stores and seeing harry potter themed and we had scooby doo theme about 5 years ago which i really <laughs> loved and and all of these games my girlfriend loves to play lego harry potter and and, and lego and star like lego star wars is one Huge. of the best ways to play any star wars game i'd argue it might be the best star wars game it's they're (laughs) they're really really good and just disclaimer before we move on we are not talking about the lego star wars games in this episode we're sorry we will leave those to the star wars episode themselves because they're just star wars games with lego characters (laughs) so that's really all it is (laughs) exactly exactly so let's jump into the bionicle games first today uh there were two so we're going to start off with the first one here which was bionicle the game was released on october 20th 2003 so a whole two years after the toys had come out we finally start getting our video games it was developed by argonaut games this would actually be one of their last games. I think this is the one that kind of put them in the ground, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, it was co-published by EA and LEGO Interactive, which is interesting. Uh, it's mm-hmm. also on Game Boy Advance, Mac OS X, PlayStation 2, Xbox, and Windows. This game rates a 5 out of 10 and is priced today at around $25. Uh, Argonaut Software, they are actually well known for making the first and second Star Fox games on SNES. Oh. They also make the first two Harry Potter games, uh, Philosopher's Stone and... Uh, uh, Chamber of Secrets, as well as the Catwoman game, Mike. Oh, well, we all love the Catwoman game. Oh, I, I, I gotta say, um, uh, Lego did not screw around with having really big and good, like, well-known publishers and developers uh, for all their games. I think that's just the Lego way. You know, yeah. you, you don't do something cheap, you, you do it right, and hopefully mm-hmm. it'll it'll do well. Uh, I know this; these games relatively don't rate that well, but... Um, uh, Bionicle the game is of course a movie tie-in, Neil, mm-hmm. which is uh, from Bionicle Mask of Light, which came out also in two thousand three. Um, and again, this is just to show Bionicle's success that this you know this they had a full movie that came out yeah. and was relatively successful. Uh, and it also spawned two prequel films: Bionicle Two, Legends of Metro Nui, and. Bionicle 3, Web of Shadows, not the Spider-Man game. Very similar. Yeah, <laughs> very similar. But yeah, this this game, I have never played this game. I've I've seen it in many stores. <laughs> yes. I've seen both of these Bionicle games in many, many used video game stores. I uh, obviously did a lot of research this, this week and, and watched a lot of uh, footage of the game. And it's, it's, a, it's a really short game. Yes, it's like, it looks like it, it's like, yeah, I think it, that's one of the things it was criticized for. I think it's only like two and a half to three hours long. Uh, yeah, the long play is like an hour and a half. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it, it's incredibly short. It's a kid's game. Like it's for Bionicle fans who at the time were children. Let's be real. Between the ages of yeah. probably seven and ten. It's also incredibly slow. Like it's it's not a bad looking game just by looking at it. Like yeah. the graphics look fine. Like it looks like a game based on a movie based on a toy um (laughs) and like it has every element of like the video games of this time there's 3d platforming there's surfing levels there's little combat (laughs) elements 3d platforming where's our our bionicle kart racer 
<laughs> I'm sure it's coming. But uh, yeah, like just like it seems to have done everything good, I think is probably the best way to yeah. say it. Uh, it's kind of like the Bionicles Adventures game, like Star Fox Adventures, uh, that was trying to just tie in with the movie. Something to come out quickly alongside the movie, of course. Um, but yeah, I don't think that there's any reason to go back to playing something like this in 2021. No, there's so many games that did this exact same thing. Like you said, Neil, a lot of 3D platform elements, a lot of, it's a collectathon as well in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the HUD looks good. The graphics, mm-hmm. like you said, look good as well. There's, there's not problems with this game. It's just the fact that it's extremely generic and it's done, been done a million times before and since. Yeah. Uh, and from what I, uh, what I could gather, uh, again, bigger Bionicle fans will have to correct me if I'm wrong, but it follow the plot of the movie very loosely if at all <laughs> nice <laughs> but in general the game is is decent enough to i guess have been made like you can tell that there was real devs on this that like, it was published by ea as well which i thought mm-hmm. was interesting um and uh, yeah i <laughs> there's not a, a huge amount i can talk about this game because it is so short there's yeah. just the, the there's i think six full levels uh in mm-hmm. the game they go by relatively quickly they seem to be relatively easy as well yeah i think that this just watching this game and reading about it like it just kind of hammered home that playing with legos is more fun than virtually playing with (laughs) legos exactly it's really hard to capture lego in a video game because part of it's like trying to capture a video game with a movie part of what captures the joy of playing with lego is building the blocks seeing them in a pile on your bedroom floor and turning them into something cool into something that you're going to take over to your friend's house to like playing with bionicles for me is taking them into the woods into the into yeah. the sand pits into your schoolyard and and playing with environments because that's how you see them on in the movies and in the in the commercials yeah. and on tv and everything else i didn't really ever think about playing them as a video game to be honest no uh, me neither and and yeah. i think that's why uh lego's licensed games video games are so successful is because you kind of imagine when you do have like the Harry Potter set or the the Star Wars set, you're imagining yourself being in the movies as those Lego characters, as those Lego sets. So when you're actually playing a Lego Star Wars game, you're like, wow, this is, this is the experience. This is what it's like to play Lego. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like building the Lego, nothing will ever be as fun as building a Lego, like playing. I have a good time playing like Lego Harry Potter with, with my girlfriend. And I I do want to play the Star Wars games. Uh, like the new trilogy or the whole saga coming out. I do like yeah. those, but it's it's a different reason for why I like spending $300 on a box of Lego <laughs> yes. and building it on a desk for, for two weeks or whatever and then having something on display. That is completely different than, than a game. And, and yes. Bionicle is no different. They did do a good job at making the character models look pretty nice, though. That's actually something that I don't love about uh, Lego video games, that the characters look too fluid almost like they actually have uh like muscles and joints and whatnot Uh, yeah i agree like they look like they're a bit rubbery um unlike the lego movie which i actually really enjoyed they kind of made them a bit more uh i guess robotic which legos are yeah yeah and they did a good job of that in the bionicle games like the characters actually look like that they're stick robot characters basically so um yeah that's kind of all i have to say about bionicle the game uh so let's hit the back of the case and we'll move on to the next game uh next bionicle game here on our list sounds good all right but first victor hit us with that sweet jingle it's time to read what's on the back of the case there's things written on the back of the case let's read them and now we're reading the back of the case live the legend Be the heroic Toa and become Toa of Light. 
Explore the island of Matanui. Use your awesome elemental powers. Battle the forces of evil. Ride, glide, and surf through your adventure. This game should have just been a surfing game, I think, like, honestly. <laughs> the surfing levels are, yeah, they're, they're by far the best ones. Yeah, I think just after, like, seeing the game, I was like, man, like, those surfing levels, like, it looks like a SSX game. I think they should have just done that, but with Bionicle, maybe some light combat, you know what I'm saying? That would have been... I'd say the, the, the worst parts of the game are probably the when you have to push rocks everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw that, Neil, but that looks infuriating because yeah. these rocks, the... They don't really have a good like it's it's hard to find where you're supposed to actually be pushing them, and mm-hmm. so you're kind of you're constantly just like wobbling on them, and they're just sliding everywhere. They're not just going in a straight line, and it looks yeah. infuriating. Yeah, pushing blocks around in video games <laughs> is just not fun ever. Like they do it a no. lot in Zelda games, and it's like, why do I have to keep doing this? But yeah, here we are. We're gonna keep doing it, and we have one more Bionicle game here, which is Bionicle Heroes, released on November fourteenth, two thousand six. It was also released on April twenty fourth, two thousand seven, for the Wii. This game was developed by Traveler's Tales, who are now responsible for all of the mainline Lego games. Uh, the game was published by Eidos Interactive. It's also yeah. on Game Boy Advance. J2ME, not even sure what that is. Uh, it, actually, I think we've talked about that console before. Oh, uh, yeah, what is that? Okay, well, you, you continue. You look it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also on DS, Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 2, Xbox 360, and the Wii. It ranges from about a 5 out of 10 on consoles to 6 or 7 out of 10 on Game Boy Advance to an 8 out of 10 on DS. The DS game actually looks pretty sweet. And it's priced today at around $20. So the home console version of the of this game is like a third-person shooter, a lot like Resident Evil 4, actually. Uh, the Game Boy Advance version is more of like a run-and-gun shoot-em-up kind of game. And the yep. DS version is like a first-person shooter game, kind of in the same vein as Metroid Prime. So yes. <laughs> they made like three different games here, the best one being on DS, actually. Yeah, I, I was really interested in looking that up, the, the DS version as well. And then I looked up the GBA version, and I was like, yeah, this this is fun. I would have a fun time playing this. And then, Neil, I realized that there are five Bionicle games for the Game Boy Advance. Did you know yeah, that? I did. I, I actually had one of them. I don't remember which one I had, but it was like a yeah, top-down. I, I, I had too. Like, I, I guess my parents got it for me. They knew I liked Bionicle. Yeah, uh, I did not. I did not like it. It was some kind of like a exploration game. You're on the island of Matanui, I suppose. You were playing as one of the little villager characters, at least to start off with, which I did not want to do. Um, so yeah, I did not enjoy that one as much, but, uh, yeah, Bionicle Heroes, not a bad looking game. Not a bad looking game. Uh, the, again, 2006, so quite a late, uh, mm-hmm. entry into the, the GameCube's anthology here. And, uh, it was also on everything. And I got to give Lego credit because Lego puts their games on everything. Like, yeah, like it's like day one too, like all on the same day, like yeah. they're all out there. They're all on the shelf different consoles yeah they they do a good job at uh release dates they do they a good job at releasing good job at at just putting them on everything because i think that also helps that they have these you know relatively good publishers working with them i thought it was really interesting that idos uh worked on this game because idos is of course known for the tomb raider franchise the hitman franchise uh and my favorite deus ex Uh, they did that as well a great mm-hmm. studio. They've been a developer and publisher in the past. So uh, that was another one that where Lego clearly spent some money, made sure that they had someone good doing the work, and they got Traveler's Tales to develop it, who also have a good reputation in the video game community. So, mm-hmm. yeah, big uh, big props to Lego on the actual development of the game. And, yeah, Bionicle Heroes itself, uh, it's 
it's not the 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 console version isn't bad like it looks good it you know it's the 2006 game so it should look relatively good at this point i think it looks pretty blurry actually i don't know about you or or if i was watching just like a really downgraded there was two i watched two one one was way better because i also watched that blurry one and then i was like this is weird and then i watched (laughs) whatever the they might have upresed it who knows but um uh, this game is actually uh, a game at this point, so it's not just an hour and a half. It's it's <laughs> there are things happening, and there's That's good. you have to go around, and it's it's a pretty standard third person shooter in that sense. Uh, mm-hmm. You are collecting. I do like that you kind of collect all the Lego pieces as you're going through. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of like the, the the coins almost. That's the Traveler's Tale gamification of Lego. They have a lot. It's basically a a collectathon mixed with like Gears of War. This game yeah, is exa- yeah, exactly. And so yeah. I I do like that that the Lego part of it is very prevalent. Like I do feel like I'm in a Lego world. So I got to give them props for that because I didn't feel that way with uh Bionicle, the game, the movie, the whatever. <laughs> based on the movie, based on the game, based on the movie. Yeah. So, so I mean, th- you know, this isn't a must pick up or anything either, but I think this is slightly better than, mm-hmm. um, than Bionicle, the game. But I, th- I think the real way to play this is definitely on the GBA or especially on the DS. The DS, yeah, I'm interested in picking that game up if I can find it at a decent price. But the console version, like, it's just... Traveler's Tale, they know now that they have to make all of their games multiplayer. Like, as many people playing as possible, basically, because that's where it's fun is to play with your siblings, play with your cousins. And, like, a Bionicle, a multiplayer Bionicle game, either co-op playing through the story together or having some kind of a a, a versus mode or a capture the flag mode playing as, like, the back of the case looks sweet. You've got the six characters all lined up. They're looking off into the distance, looking really cool, really badass-looking characters. But you can only play one at a time uh which is which is too bad and like you know you're on this giant island like it's a bit more of a linear uh experience than something like a breath of the wild but uh to have like an open world bionicle game played multiplayer that would be so cool and just just thinking about it and thinking about the games that we did get i just think bionicle was a bit too ahead of its time by like five years Uh, one i i also have that in my notes damn it (laughs) (laughs) yes one thousand percent bionicle was way ahead of ahead of its time uh, because of the toys to life kind of craze that came right after it exactly with, um disney infinity and then of course amiibos like imagine if if they were able to kind of uh parlay the success of bionicle into games where you could uh you know this is just spitballing but like you could design bionicles in different ways you could scan mm-hmm. it and then that bionicle would go into the game like your own yeah. custom bionicle that mm-hmm. would be amazing yeah, like a Bionicle MMO with toy with the toys to life aspect yeah. of yeah, Disney Infinity. That's when it should have probably been a thing. Like if Bionicle had come out 2007, which would have been a shame because we would then have been probably too old, honestly. Like we wouldn't have jumped yeah. on it nearly as much as we did. Uh, but I think it would have had a better shot at, at the video game success, at least. It had a great success with toys. Uh, obviously, we all bought the toys. They were even in Happy Meals at some point. But for the games to have been a bit better, I think that it would have been neat to have them when we had powerful consoles like the 360 and the PS3, which was capable of doing games like Skyrim and Fallout, like those bigger open world games. But also, I thought about those uh, Transformers games, uh, Fall of Cybertron and War of Cybertron. Yes. Le- yeah. Lego, like Lego, which I think is what they were going for with Bionicle Heroes, uh, that third-person over-the-shoulder action game, which is what the Transformers games were, uh, just with Transformers, and it was huge. You were going on different planets. That would have been really neat uh, for Bionicles. But there is a bit of hope here, Mike, and that is that I found – I don't know if you found this in your research, but mm. there's a fan-made Bionicle game that's currently in the works. Did you come across oh. this in, in your research? 
No, I actually haven't. I'm now I'm now I'm intrigued. Yeah, like just before this episode, I was like, man, there's got to be some like some Bionicle project being worked on right now, or maybe it's going to make another comeback. Third shot, we'll see. But there actually is one. It's a fan-made game, which has been approved by Lego. It's called Bionicle Masks of Power. Oh, uh, yes. You can check it out. There's a website, masksofpower.com. I swear to God, this is not, I'm not going to spam you or anything. Uh, no virus. It seems, <laughs> it, it seems to be legit. Uh, they just like released a trailer for this game back on October 29th, so literally a month ago. Um, and uh, there's like 200,000 views for it. It's got quite a bit of upvotes. It seems to be real. Uh, there's a demo, which is coming soon. They've released Ooh. no, they've announced no release date, which I like. Like, just put it out when it's done. I think it's going to be a PC-only game. But sure. it's based on the original six Toa characters, the ones that you and I both know and love. And the trailer is Breath of the Wild. Like, that's what it is. Uh. It's this giant open world i'm guessing it's going to be somewhat empty uh but with these robotic animals and dinosaurs kind of like horizon zero dawn and they've said that the combat is going to be like that uh that platinum game near automata okay yeah yeah so it's a completely it's a volunteer made game it's i think there's about 40 people making it right now the name of the studio is team kanoe again completely volunteers and uh they are all bionicle fans so i think that that's what bionicle needs right now is just a game made by fans for fans that's that's fantastic. And and we yeah. mentioned earlier in the episode how we compare Lego and Nintendo in a lot of ways. Well, the one thing that Lego does that Nintendo does not is that it uses all the fan resources it has. Yeah. Lego, uh, one of the other reasons that they were able to come out of bankruptcy was because they realized that people like making stuff and they like showing it off and they like, especially older, like adults, right? And mm-hmm. that's kind of where the Lego Creator series came from. And now you can buy, uh, you can make the Empire State Building, you can make the Eiffel mm-hmm. Tower, you can make these crazy, massive structures. Uh, of course, there's the Death Star and there's the um, the Star Destroyer, uh, and like that's a, a huge community of of these Lego creators that mm-hmm. exist uh, that exist today. So Lego has done a really good job of leveraging their fans and leveraging that community. There's actually a really good like small document. It's like a 30 minute documentary on Netflix, I think, about that. Really cool. Yeah, the, I think that's the toys that made us. Um, yeah, 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 that sounds right. The, but then Nintendo, you know, obviously is completely opposite and doesn't want anyone touching their brand or IP. <laughs> so it's really cool that Lego is is good with just fans, this volunteer run uh, a dev shop to make a fan made Bionicle game because it's made by the people who love it the most. And I think that's that really that warms my heart, Neil. Yeah, oh, me too. And I think it's <laughs> going to be probably at least to start with a Steam only game, which I'm okay That's with. That's fine. That's it fine. It looks beautiful. Like the 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 characters look very true to like how you remember the toys, which is perfect and it's exactly what we need. Like if you had told me as a kid back in 2001 like eventually there's going to be lego sets based on seinfeld i would have thought you were nuts and yeah. like you're going to be able to build like the cn tower like the, the buildings in toronto yeah. that you walk past every day i would have thought you were nuts like i can only make that out of my yellow and red bricks that i have in my basement <laughs> so yeah the company has done an amazing job over the years of uh of adapting to the market and everything so i'm excited to see what they do next uh that's all i have on bionicle for today mike though should we uh read the back of this case and then we'll move on to jerome racers Sure, I have one more thing. Uh, just just a, a a funny conversation that I wanted to bring up with okay. uh, friend, two friends of the show uh, who have been on here many times before. Friend of the show Harrison and friend of the show Brian. Uh, I I told them both that we're covering Bionicle games on the podcast next week or this week, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, Brian uh, said that he knew about it just like me. His parents subscribed to the Lego magazine, and uh, he was like, "Well, I actually played the Flash game." 
for uh, oh. uh for like uh, for for bionicle i was like what there's a flash game <laughs> okay. and uh yeah it was a point and click game uh and you could play this on the lego website it was a adventure game using good old macromedia flash great uh, in that era <laughs> as we all know and love uh and yeah there uh it's called matanui uh online game two so it's the second one the final chronicle so mm. that is that is the game that he played, and he wanted to, to bring that up. So <laughs> I, I love flat, flash games are so cool, man. I love everyone has different memories of playing flash games and different games there, and like I I must have a couple that I don't even know what I was playing, but I was doing something on my parents' computer. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flash games are a time. It's a very 2003 for sure when it that's when it came out. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up, and uh, yeah, please move on to the back of the case, Neil. All right, sounds good. Let's hit it here. The official Bionicle video game, Unleash the Power of Bionicle Heroes. Play as the heroic Toa or villainous Paraka. Battle against over 50 Bionicle characters, past and present. Explore and battle your way through the exciting jungles, volcanoes, and deserts of Voya Nui. Master the unique elemental weapons and abilities of each character. Walk on fire, water, and more. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like. I gotta say the the game itself is is developed very well. It's mm-hmm. it's like a well rounded game. Like I can't I, I can't um I can't say that these games were rushed really or anything. I can't say that they didn't take their time and try and make a good game. But th- I think just the biggest issue of all three of these games, we're gonna talk about it again uh, in a couple seconds, is the fact that it's already been done before. It's relatively generic, and it's yeah. just more fun to play with the toys. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. And I'm very excited for that new Bionicle game. I hope it does eventually get released. So we'll sit patiently for that. But while we're sitting patiently for that, Mike, let's talk about Lego Drome Racers. Drome Racers was released on November 20th, 2002. This game was developed by Attention to Detail, published by Electronic Arts and Lego Interactive. This game is also on Windows, Game Boy Advance, and PlayStation 2. This game rates about a 5 out of 10 on GameCube, and the Game Boy Advance version got a 7 out of 10. This game is priced today at around $30. Mike, you and I are a pretty big fan of the original LEGO Racer games, the 1 and 2. Uh, how did Drome Racers do in comparison? Well, uh, it's definitely not as good for a number of reasons. Uh, before I go into why it's not as good, though, because I did actually play this game, Neil. I, I, I emulated Sweet. it. I did not go out and buy that $30 version, but I did uh, <laughs> no. dolphin it up. And um, yeah, we'll talk about my reasons for not loving the game. But uh, attention to the detail, which is the, the dev that you mentioned. Uh, they were the main dev for LEGO for their racing games. They developed uh, and helped develop LEGO Racers 1. And then, of course, they did oh. LEGO Racers 2. And they're a pretty good developer. And, and you can tell that in Drome Racers, they took the the same, some of the same assets and, and the courses and everything. And they, they brought that into that game from sure. uh, LEGO Racers. But yeah, Drome Racers, first of all, first of all, I want to say it has <laughs> the worst title for a game. Oh my God. It's, what's, what's a Drome for I one. know the entire time I was like, "Am I spelling this wrong? Yeah, like, what's yeah. going on here?" <laughs> yeah, what, such bad SEO, man. It's like... Terrible SEO. Drome Racer, uh, just <laughs> just not uh, not good. And because Lego actually technically isn't in the title, uh, it's on the box, just quite small. Uh, but when when I looked this up on like GameCube databases and stuff, I always found it listed as Drome Racers. Um, some people would ha- have Lego in brackets because it almost felt like Lego wanted to be less associated with this game. And it definitely feels like it in practice too, because when you are playing the game, it 
doesn't really look like Lego. The, the cars aren't supposed to be traditional Lego cars like we have in Lego Racers. They're right. more akin to, well, they're actually based on the, the Technic uh, line that you, you brought up earlier, Neil. Um, right. And I actually, I don't know if you, did you own any of those uh, technique or tech whatever they were called like that uh i didn't own the cars but i owned some of the parts it was like lego robotics almost it was like before lego went full into their robotic stuff um, i think i did have one lego technic set which yeah. I, I think that i got it on accident from somebody or like in around 2000 i remember getting something i think that they thought whoever it was that gave it to me thought it was a bionicle <laughs> honestly because like, it really looked funny. like one yeah i'm trying yeah. to remember what what it was but it looked like some kind of a bug and just looking at the uh a lot of like gears and really cool sets. Like, honestly, they were neat. Uh, but yeah, I had one for sure. And I, <laughs> I don't know what happened to it, but I never got into Technic quite as much. No, I don't know where they got the Drome idea from. Cause Lego <laughs> did have their own line of racers. I don't know why they didn't yeah. just call it Lego racers, and... Lego racers three, bring great Lego racers three. Yeah. It, it was, it was weird. So I, I did more research into it as well. And it, it, it's, it seemed like they wanted to kind of create their own, um, their own world, just like they did with Bionicle, because of the success they just had with that the previous year, they wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, push the because they even created comics for for this world. Uh, Max Axel is the um, he's the main guy in Rome Racers, and he yeah. also is the main character in the comic series in in two thousand two and two thousand three. But mm-hmm. yeah, just to go into this game, it's um, it's it looks fine. Uh, graphics are decent enough. Uh, the mm-hmm. The theme song is really funny because it's very kind of new metal, electronica, you know, <laughs> yeah. that that world of 2002 for sure. Although there are a couple of these um, great like techno disco songs mm-hmm. almost like they're bangers. I was like, wow, this is a good soundtrack. I'm like, you like it? Yeah. I, I find it just I find it repetitive. Oh, so know, a like lot it's... of it is. Yeah. Like 90 percent of it is repetitive. But OK. Then we get like a couple of these German disco style like you like it unironically is what you're trying to say. I like it unironically. <laughs> it sounds like ABBA without the uh, without the words. <laughs> That's what some of the some of the songs sounded Man. like. I was like, yeah, I can get into this. But then yeah, we're just going back into like the generic new metal um, and the the, the 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 racing as well. So it felt quite similar to Lego Racer, which is a little slippery and a little light. Mm-hmm. The 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 cars in Lego Racer were always quite light, and it's the same thing with Drone Racers. Uh, and with that, you have a lot, the way that the tracks are designed is that there are a lot of curves in them. Okay. Uh, so you can never really get max speed and because they are so light, they drifting and turning isn't that much fun because you find yourself sliding a lot yeah. more. It, and uh, like for Lego racers too, I just remembered like long stretches of just like straight paths mm-hmm. where you're going as fast as you can and you're looking at the cool scenery that's around you yeah yeah it makes you feel a bit more powerful i guess i played lego racers one i believe on n64 and it, it's good i think it has the same issues that jerome racers has where the carts feel very light they slide around a lot so like in this generation especially on n64 like if you had diddy kong racing or mario 64 or f-zero on gamecube f-zero gx like you really didn't need no. You definitely didn't need a subpar racing game. Like this was the golden era of kart racing and futuristic racing games, I think. Uh, so yeah. to have a game like Lego Drome Racers, it just like, it set you back a little bit and it's yep. too bad. Yep. Uh, I think it could have been a lot better. Like I think they could have made it faster. They could have made it a bit more polished. Maybe take away the power-ups. Yeah. Like I don't know why. I know why they were trying to copy uh, <laughs> kart racers, but like I love racing games that are just racing. 
with maybe some speed boosts or some kind of other mechanic, like we bring it up all the time, uh, fast RMX. Like the mm-hmm. there, there's mm-hmm. no power ups in that game, but you just have to line up your color, uh, the color of your ship to the color of the path, and that speeds you up or it slows you down, and that's it. Uh, some innovation like that would be nice, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Maybe like you can earn some some coin in in the Lego game, and then you can go buy some parts of better cars, and 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 that way everybody has radically different vehicles when they race, as opposed to just the uh, the custom built cars for the game or whatever. Like I think Lego obviously is all about customization. Um, yeah. But I I kind of feel bad that they stopped making Lego racing games because it's the last one. I know, and like looking at this game, like even especially the plot of the uh, the the. the the campaign, which features Max Axel, like you said, he's trying to win the Jerome Racing Championship, and to do so, he must compete in a bunch of multi-race challenges and whatnot, which is basically the plot to one of the Hot Wheels games that we covered <laughs> earlier this yeah. year. I was literally like... It, it, lo- it looks like they're on, like, Tatooine. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that's what I felt a lot. I felt like this was a bit of a pod pod racer kind of mm-hmm. kind of style game. <laughs> even even the, 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 like, the plot and the story is that they are in the future, uh, Neil, in mm-hmm. the far, the, in the distant future, 2015. 2015 distant future. <laughs> this is when this game is actually set. Oh, man. Which, like, I couldn't believe. I was like, I no, know. why did you do that? It's not... It's <laughs> not enough time like you should have picked like 21 15 or something where yeah. we're at least not going to be alive to see uh, especially not just 12 years into the future but just like with the resurgence that we had just recently with the uh, hot wheels unleashed which that game is, has done fairly well i think that it got decent reviews uh yeah. I, I would love to see a lego racers uh four i guess just call it or lego racers <laughs> at this point to come out and it it be like like what hot wheels has done where it's you're racing it with these lego cars in houses in backyards like like make it like a toy racing game. I, I think that a, le- a polished Lego racing game, it would be perfect right now for yes. Switch, PS5, Xbox, Series, whatever. Uh, I would love that. I, I would love to have something competing with Lego. Imagine if there's like a Lego and Hot Wheels battle of, you know, oh battle of wits. God. Every year, every couple of years, we get the two games, see which one's better. So that we can have something to compare, compare them to and to have something other than Mario Kart to play as a racer, you know? Like as much as I love Mario Kart, I want some other racers out there that are fun and something that can kind of tie me back to my childhood. Selfishly, they, I want something like that. <laughs> they said the crossover couldn't be done. <laughs> I mean, the every, ultimate crossover: Hot Wheels and Lego together. Dude, everybody was making sets with Hot Wheels, with Lego, with Kinects. It just makes sense to cross over <laughs> all of these toys into one because we were doing that anyway. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Uh, I will say though, my number one problem with this game, mm-hmm. you know, the the gameplay, whatever, that's all fine, and it was it was okay to play. I had an okay time playing it, just like the ratings: five out of ten, six out of ten, very okay. Um, the worst part about it is the fact that the characters are humans and not Lego block people. Yeah, that what, just completely took me out of the game. What was that for? Why did they choose to do I that? I don't know. Was it it, it? it didn't make any sense. Like it, you know, it's one thing to make Bionicles, which are not Lego people, but they are clearly like they're toys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're constructed things. Yeah. But when you have a just the humans in a Lego world, <laughs> it felt so wrong. Yeah. I think maybe something else that they could have done would maybe to have if they want to incorporate humans into it to get kids involved or whatever to try and put themselves into the game a little easier, do that. But maybe like have it in some sort of like a virtual world, almost like the Matrix or Ready Player One, where like yeah, they kind sure. of get they kind of go into their like they start playing with toys and then they're transported into this world somehow because it is in the fu- it is in the distant future of 2015. We have that technology <laughs> of like VR, <laughs> like have it something like VR related. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, why do you even need to see the racers? Like, 
<laughs> yeah, it, it it felt like you know for one, like I said, it, it felt like pod racing, but it also did feel like F Zero. Like when you, I didn't, mm. I didn't think about that until you just brought up F Zero GX. We talked about that game you know, just a couple months ago now, and how the plot was very convoluted, and there was all these cutscenes that were cool, but we didn't really understand what was going on, and. There's a plot in that game somewhere, and, and mm. Drone Racers was similar in that way, where it's like, I don't actually really need to see these people. No. Like, it's it's not that important. And that's why, Neil, I would, I agree with you, I would love to see something like a bedroom racer with Lego, like, just, and just focus on yeah. those those cool tracks and make them, you know, relatively long. And I think that's all you need in the game. Uh, there are a couple of, like, small little things in here. There's no time trials, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Um as most car racers at this time had one, but yeah. they had these uh, qualifying drag races, which were fun in a way. <laughs> I don't want to say they're outright fun because they can be kind of stupid, yeah. but preceding each multi-challenge series is a qualifying drag race where victory is determined by a good start and proper gear shifting. So like, you know, drag racing, which is, you know, that you have the long cars and you're basically just going like a hundred meters and it just, okay. just from one end to the other and uh, you're going as fast as you possibly can. So you have to change gears very precisely or else your car basically blows up. Hmm. So it, it was a cool thing to have like in between some of the races, but I just think that they could have. I don't know, done it better or used it in a better capacity, like even like had multiplayer with it or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Absolutely. And like we said, with like what we would like to see from a Lego racing game, also uh, tie it in with some of these, some of the licenses that Lego works with and that Warner Brothers, WB, who I believe they publish the, uh, the Lego games now, like that Lego Dimensions game that came out a few years ago where we had franchises like Jurassic Park and Back to the Future and Scooby-Doo. Like imagine if you could play a little racing game based based on Lego characters in those worlds. Like like it could yeah. be in the bedroom in the in the basement and then all of a sudden you're racing around Hogwarts or around the Death Star or something as these Lego characters. I think that there's so many opportunities for a good Lego racing game in twenty twenty one especially. Um yeah. But it's just so sad that they haven't really gone back to it much in the last eighteen years. It's time. It's definitely time. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. That's pretty much all I have to say about this game, Mike. Shall we read the back of the case and uh, close out the episode? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Sounds good. So Lego Drome Racers. In the Drome, everyone lives for racing. It's just dumb. As Max <laughs> Axel, as Max Axel, you'll prove you're up to the intensity of multi-challenge racing. Get ready for a racing experience like no other. Get ready to race the Drome. Mm, no. No, nope. not for me. But uh, I, I will stick with my Lego Racers too because I, I think I have more nostalgia for that game than like anything else on earth. I, if I actually went back wow. and played that game today, I probably would be disappointed. I know that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm mm. very ready. But I will. So I will never play it again. I will just have my nostalgia. I will just keep that in my mind, and we're gonna just keep on living my life. That's good, because if I've learned anything from this show, it's that you should just sometimes keep memories in the past. Yeah, sometimes the the, the memory the past is the past for a reason. Let's just mm -hmm. do that. <laughs> exactly. So, Mike, uh, as we do with every episode, are there any games here that you would suggest that the listeners pick up? Probably not, to be honest. For this mm -hmm. one, I don't think I think all three of these games are decent to mm -hmm. to okay. You know, they're 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 not bad games by any stretch of the imagination. I would never call any of these games bad. Uh, I would just because they all all are very well developed, but I would just call them uh, somewhat uninspired, somewhat generic, and just there are better versions of these games out there. 
Exactly, and a better version of one of these games is Bionicle Heroes on DS, which, like we said before, is a bit of a Metroid Metroid Prime clone, so it's a 3D game. It looks like a bit more fun than the Heroes on console. Uh, the GBA games sound like they're okay for the yep. most part, but at that point, like just play something else, I think. <laughs> uh, so Bionicle Heroes on DS would be my my choice. I'm going to be on the lookout for the Bionicle game that's currently being made, that, yes. uh, that fan-funded uh, project looks really neat. And um, KOTOR, I'm going to pick up Knights of the Old Republic. I think that that's a good recommendation. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I made a sale there. I'm going to be contacting LucasArts <laughs> for my commission. And I will be picking up the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, uh, which will be coming out, I believe, early 2022. So that's my mm. Lego contribution in terms of what I'll be picking up. But Neil, where do you see Lego games and Bionicle games? I mean, let's just say, actually, let's just say Lego in general. We talked about where Bionicle is going, obviously, with the the fan-made one that's that's all we're gonna get i'm I'm very sure of it but where do you see lego games going because lego games are a bit of an interesting beast we used to get a ton of them uh on Mm -hmm. early consoles in the 90s uh, that were developed by lego themselves lego then shut the studio down decided to just publish their games instead and then we got obviously a ton of bionicle games uh on uh, all different hardwares and a lot on uh on game boy advance uh, and since then, we've gotten mostly PC and mobile games. We did get uh, the first console game to come out after Bionicle Heroes uh, was eight years later, actually, with Lego City Undercover on the Wii U in 2013. Yeah. Um, and then we got another four-way, or then we got another four-year gap, uh, and we waited for, and we got Lego Worlds on the Switch, mm-hmm. which, which came out in 2017. So, and then yeah. after that, we've gotten mostly just. Uh, licensed games you know the lego harry potters like we talked about and an avalanche of licensed games avalanche like i I don't think that that can be a misunder i don't think that can be uh i don't think that that could be under understated just the number of avengers games batman games at least two or three years oh easily yeah like during the xbox 360 ps3 wii generation it felt like every week there was a new lego game coming out but i know what you're saying you're talking about just the non-licensed lego games which lego city undercover was a wii u game it was one of the better wii u games for like the first year of that console's launch it's a it's a gta clone which was really fun i played it a little bit on wii u it's been re-released for switch and i thought that they were going to make something with that to be honest with you i thought that that would be a great franchise to to go to be like a gta game that you're okay letting your kids play yeah Uh, very neat very fun very cute funny uh, I, I really enjoyed that game. So if I were, if you were to ask me a couple of years ago, I would have thought that Lego is going to make this Lego City a thing, but it seems like that they've let it kind of cool off a bit too much, and I don't think that they're going to come out with a Lego City Undercover 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can only be undercover for so long. Um, but it seems <laughs> like that giving Bionicle to the fans to make their own games is the way that that's going to go. So to answer your question, Mike, I, I, I don't know. Like it, it seems like that they're making games completely based on their I, their their license kits like star wars uh the star wars game coming out is not even a new star wars game it's just a collection of all the games that we've had in the last 15 years and like they're just doing collections at this point which if they want to resell all of those all of those kits again by all means if that's what makes them money go i'm I'm buying them (laughs) yeah go for it what i would like to see though i would love to see like we said i would love to see a lego racing game come out because we're getting hot wheels yes we got hot wheels this year i think it's i think we're ready for a lego racing game and that's that's what i would like to see I think so too, and I, th- I think I think there's a chance that does actually come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what, I didn't really know about Lego City Undercover until I did some research this week on it. I remember when it came out mm-hmm. uh, for the Wii U, and I thought, oh, this is a, a Lego City game, sure. 
And then, yeah, you're right, Neil. It is like it's very similar to kind of a GTA style, very custom. Everything you can kind of explore the world, and I think that it ten year old me would have died yeah. to have a game like that. I would have like it would have been the greatest game of all time for me, <laughs> honestly. But um, you know, obviously now uh, I, I I haven't played it. I would actually like to pick it up on Switch though, and I I think Nintendo, I think Lego will go back to that world somewhat in the future mm. i can definitely see them doing like a lego world like a, a lego worlds game or something like that where they just like c- combine all these different uh, aspects of maybe even licensing in there and just you know th- see how much they can fit into one game <laughs> i think that would be really cool uh to like just make a definitive lego game mm-hmm. that gets updated maybe every couple years yeah that is kind of where i see lego going because that's kind of lego likes doing stuff like that they like kind of putting their stamp on something and just updating it for a while well that's what they you're basically describing lego dimensions just without the toys i think is what you're saying yeah yeah because that one <laughs> yes. I, I was i was within like uh i had that box in my head i was very close to buying that back in 2014 or 15 or whatever like i loved the idea of that but i didn't want to have to come back every couple days to spend another 20 bucks on these little toy packs and and just to unlock stuff i would just prefer the game to be done on disc i don't want to have to scan stuff uh toys to life that was not me in terms of the market that was i was not their market i loved amiibos Mm -hmm. but i never used amiibos for what they were intended to be used for i just used them as little trophies to have on my shelf yeah um you and like 90 percent of the people who bought them (laughs) exactly but lego has just so many worlds and so many characters like just to have Something like that where you can exist in almost like a giant Lego MMO would be really neat. Uh, without the toys, let me go in and, and race. Let me go in and maybe play as Bionicles or go over to even the Simpsons. They have Lego sets based on the Simpsons. Like you could make one yeah. hell of an experience with Lego. So yes. let's hope they do it. But Mike, well, we're waiting for the greatest Lego experience of all time on our uh, not GameCube or whatever on whatever console <laughs> that we uh, we have. Oh, I can't wait till it comes to GameCube. Oh, that'll be great on that little <laughs> disc. Why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect next week on episode seventy six of the GameCube is Cool podcast? On episode seventy six, we're celebrating uh, another anniversary. This is seventeen years of Pikmin two, Woo! which is a very you know what? It's actually a lot. It's very similar to Metroid Prime Echoes in the same way that it's it's a bit polarizing amongst amongst the community in some ways. People mm-hmm. do really love it. People think it's the best version. Uh, Neil, I know that that's not your opinion, so yeah. I can't wait to have. Uh, we're gonna have enemy of the pod Ramon on, and you guys will have a little bit little bit of a back and forth to decide what is the best uh, Pikmin <laughs> game. Because of course, I'm not a big Pikmin player, but right. of course, uh, Neil is and has loved the franchise ever since. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait to talk about Pikmin 2 and uh, talk about that Canadian cover art that we have. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I love Pikmin cover arts, man. There's so many good ones. I'm very excited to talk about Pikmin again. The first time we talked about Pikmin, I think it was episode three, three or four of the podcast. It's very early. Very, very early. early. We were very new to podcasting, so I'm excited <laughs> to talk about it with a little bit more confidence on a microphone. Uh, I've been yes. playing Pikmin 2 quite a bit this week, and I'll be playing it even more in preparation for next week. I've, I've been a little bit difficult on that game over the years. I still stand by the fact that it's my least favorite one, but you'll have to tune in next week to find out more. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 75 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. It's our Diamond Jubilee episode. <laughs> New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make the show better. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. We are The GameCube Was Cool. And then you can follow us for free on Instagram at the Pod. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Tahu Neil says hi. 
That's a bionicle. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. Game